and welcome to John Cook Ministries podcast. I'm John Cook. Welcome back to our continuing study on the pastoral epistles. This is the study on 1st and 2nd Timothy and the book of Titus. We now join in progress part 5 of our continuing study. 2nd Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16 says, "All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. That's why we're to study it. John 5, 39, Jesus said, search the scriptures. For in them ye think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. Our eternal life comes through the Lord Jesus Christ. And when we study the scriptures, search the scriptures, we learn about Jesus. And he's the message we're to preach in our churches. So he concludes verse 6, saying, Whereunto thou hast attained, meaning that he had learned these things, You can't give to others what you don't have yourself. If you haven't learned what God's Word says, how can you tell others what God's Word says? We can only give to men what we know ourselves. And God shows us these things as we study His words. In Philippians chapter 3, verses 15 through 17, we read, Let us therefore, as many as be perfect, be thus minded. And if in anything ye be otherwise minded, God shall reveal this unto you. Nevertheless, whereto we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. The thing we've learned, walk by that rule. Let us mind the same thing. Then he says, brethren, be followers together of me, and mark them which walk so, as ye have us for an example. Compare what these false preachers are saying with what the Apostle Paul said. You have an example. Check it out. Does it match the pattern? 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14 says, but continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. You learned them from the word of God. Now do them. Stick with them. Stay in them. He says, whereunto? This is a reminder that we need to be steadfast in the doctrine of the Lord. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 57 through 58 says, But thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen. Therefore, my beloved brother, brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Stay with the work in the Lord. Stay with the word of God. Because you know that what's of the word of God, what is of the Lord, is not wasted labor. It produces 
the right fruit. First Peter chapter five, verses eight and nine says, be sober, be vigilant, be on your guard. Why? Because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He wants to frighten us, and he wants to devour us. Whom resist in the faith, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. You're not the only one he's looking for. You're not the only one he's frightening. You're not the only one he's trying to devour. But stay in the truth of the gospel. Stay in the truth of the word of God. Stick with it. We need to be firmly fixed like David the psalmist. He says in Psalm 112 and verse 7, He shall not be afraid of evil tidings. His heart is fixed, trusting in the Lord. Psalm 57 and verse 7, he says, My heart is fixed, O God. This brings us to 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 7. The scripture says, But refuse profane and old wise fables, and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Now that word refuse says we're not to accept every wind of doctrine that comes our way. We're to refuse the false, but we're to receive the true. In Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14, the scripture tells us that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men and cunning craftiness, whereby they lie in wait to deceive. In other words, the whole purpose of what they're doing by changing the winds of doctrine is to trick us. It's a cunning craftiness, like a magician. Don't watch what I do here. Watch over here. And while you're watching over here, he's doing something over here. Now, we know that when he does something, when he does this magic trick, whatever it might be, we know it's not actually magic, but he's, we're deceived into, into believing that he's done something that is magic. Then he says to refuse profane and old wise fables. Profane means something that is just offhanded. Something that comes from man. Old wise fables or old women telling tales. We're to give it no consideration whatsoever. We're not to dwell on it. We're not to study it. In fact, if we want to know the true, then we study the true. We study the genuine article. When they want to train someone to discern counterfeit currency, they don't show them the counterfeit $100 bill. They show, they show them the true $100 bill, and they have them study it. And the more they study it, the more they can recognize the false. So it is with us. We're to study the Word of God, not the things that men say. In fact, 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 4 says, Neither give heed to fables and endless genealogies 
which minister questions rather than godly edifying, which is in faith. So do. In other words, we're supposed to give heed to what is true, but give no heed whatsoever to that which is just fables, stories, endless genealogies, because all those things are developed to, to minister questions. Like, like Satan said to Eve, he started out with a question. Yea, hath God said. You see, he doesn't, he doesn't deny that God said it. He simply questions whether God said it. And the more the devil can get us to question the Word of God, the King James Bible, the less authority we have when we speak the Word of God, the King James Bible. So he says, don't pay attention to these things. Timothy is told again and again to refuse these fables. In fact, in, in 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 20, the Scripture says, O Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of science falsely so-called. We're to give no heed to these things that men say are true, but check the things that men say are true by what God says is true. And what God says is true is always true. What men say, say is true, well, the Bible puts it this way, let God be true and every man a liar. So what God says is the truth, and when what man says disagrees with what God says, man's the liar, not God. In 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 16, again, Timothy is told, but shun profane and vain babblings, for they will increase unto more ungodliness. Why are we supposed to not pay attention to them? Why are we supposed to shun them, to refuse them, to give them no consideration? Because the whole purpose is to draw us away unto more ungodliness. The whole purpose is not to increase us in our service for God, but to decrease us in our service to God and our belief that God's telling the truth. Second Timothy chapter 2 and verse 23 says, But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they do gender strifes. So another reason not to give consideration is it'll just cause an argument. You see, what the devil wants and what men want is us to argue with God, not to say, thus saith the Lord, but to say, well, did he really mean that? You know, God, I don't think that's quite how you meant that. In other words, add arguments to it. We're not to do that, but that's what these things do. Titus, a young preacher that's given instructions in Titus chapter 1 and verse 14 says, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. What men say turn us from the truth. Remember that the Lord told, told the, uh, the Pharisees back in their day and the Sadducees back in their day, Remember that he told them that they made the word of God of none effect by the traditions of men? When we let the traditions of men replace what God says, we are drawn away unto that which is not of God. 
It seems then that we as preachers are susceptible to these things, to all these questioning and to all this trickery. Maybe we're susceptible because we do so much study. We do so much reading, not only of the Word of God, but of books that men have written concerning the Word of God. And sometimes it's because we're always looking for something new. In other words, we want to reveal something in our preaching that nobody else has revealed. We want to show that we're smart. That's the pride of the flesh. And that's exactly what the devil wants. But it's not what God wants. In fact, God goes on to say, in place of considering these things, exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Isn't it interesting that he uses the word exercise? That word exercise brings with it the whole idea of a job. It doesn't come naturally to us. We have to make it a routine in our lives. And most of us don't do that. But the Bible says we're to exercise ourselves to godliness. The answer to all these profane and old wives' tales is rejection. And in their place, we give ourselves to exercising unto godliness. Exercising to godliness means we get into the Word of God. And having got into the Word of God, we obey what God says in His Word. Hey, this is John Cook again. Thank you for listening to the John Cook Ministries podcast on the pastoral epistles. Before you hit that exit button, how about take some time and leave us a comment or maybe a prayer request or what question do you have that we might be able to answer for you? Let us know how we can help you. And don't forget to subscribe to the John Cook Ministries podcast and you will get the next lesson just as soon as it is released. Well, we'll say goodbye for now. God bless.